You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Third Watch coverage on the Oz Network as we move into the 13th episode of the sixth season. This one is called The Other L Word, which I'm still trying to work out what The Other L Word actually is. Uh, this one first aired on the 21st of January 2005, directed by Ed Alabanero, written by Charles Holland. And my name is Ben, and it's tight. <laughs> that line just does not work on faith. What's up, everybody? My name's Darvell, and what fat-ass cop ate the last of the coffee cake? <laughs> um, I have to ask this question straight away, because I still don't know if I'm missing something here. What is the other L word that they're implying in this episode? Because I have no freaking clue. I'm pretty sure it's leukemia. Oh. Oh. Oh, it makes sense. Okay. Uh, (laughs) And the award for dumbest person of the week goes to Ben Waterworth. Um, Goes to Ben Waterworth. Gotcha. Leukemia does begin with L. Okay, cool. Moving on. Um, We are back from last week, and I think we can get through this one pretty quickly because there's... Yeah, time starts now. Everything along those lines. But we're we're straight into it uh, off last week, and um, this guy, this terrorist guy, is losing a tooth. He's losing blood everywhere. Um, Grace and Carlos have to show up to check out on him, and they've got, like, these little, I guess, radiation meters on them, which is discovering REMS, um, that this guy might be contaminated and... Good old Detective Rice and Cruz aren't going to tell them that uh, they might be in a contamination area. I'm just, I'm just going to say this. I, I like Detective Rice. I like old Bubba from uh, Forrest Gump. But uh, not a very Me good, too. Not a very good cop. <laughs> no. And... Go for it. Yeah, that, that, was my, that, was my, that was my problem with him too. You know, you were set... You know... I mean, you know this guy is contaminated and you don't bother when you're sending in... The paramedics to say, "Oh, uh, by the way, he's he's contaminated with he, he has radiation burns from, I don't know, maybe getting cesium throw, thrown all over him or something. I don't know how he got him, but uh, <laughs> but uh, you don't bo- you don't bother to tell them that." Yeah. What kind of cop are you? It's pretty terrible. Uh, they go up into the room, and all of a sudden, this guy basically starts having a. Uh, going off, and they has got something on him, so Detective Rice is trying to rip open his shirt. What have you got on you? What have you got on you? And then he kind of, Cruz joins in to get this thing off him when he's got something on him, and she just happens to get vomit of blood all over him. Um, <laughs> all over her, I should say, basically. And uh, she rushes out, spreading all the radiation germs from the blood everywhere in the house. Um, and basically, they have to evacuate the house, uh, and she's completely shocked and covered in all this blood. We've got the credits. I just want to point out quickly in the credits that I haven't really pointed out that uh, dear old Bonnie Dennison is actually showing up on every episode credits, even when she's not in the episode. I know she's in this episode, but um, there's been some episodes where she hasn't appeared in, and she's on the credits, so there you go. Um, Cruz is all cleaned up. She's trying to find out if there's anything else she needs to do, and they're all being kept there. And I, I love Carlos standing up to Detective Rice here where he's all like, it's a d- delicate situation. And Carlos's like, so are my testicles. I want to have kids one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, honestly, if I were Carlos, I mean, this is, I will, of course, I'm well aware this would be considered assaulting an officer. But, you know, after I found out about that, I'd probably... I'd probably pin, I'd probably pin Detective Rice up against a wall by his neck and then say, "You knew he was contaminated and you didn't tell us." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
it's yeah, it's definitely um, something that you know you, you you definitely are on board with Carlos here going off. But Carlos and Grace are gonna have to stay here, and their main ones are gonna have to stay here. Everyone else is evacuated. And where have they been evacuated yeah. to? The firehouse across the street, and we get one of the funniest <laughs> scenes of the season. I feel with Jelly. You guys got a big screen TV, um, and then basically you guys got beds. <laughs> Sully you guys get- have DVDs. <laughs> Sully gets into it with uh, DK, where DK's like, which one of you fat-ass cops ate the last cop? Game? Who are you calling a fat-ass? Uh, they'll take you outside, Buckethead, and they just kind of have this massive fight. Again, can I just point out that, again, we have a perfect opportunity to have Yokus in a scene with that real-life husband, DK. But no, she just happens to be off work today. So, um, yeah, we never see it. Yeah. It's sad. Um, but... I do love the moment sort of when this scene ends and kind of, as you just said, when they kind of, you see Jelly off screen, like, you guys got DVDs? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so good. Um, yes. And they want to, yeah, get into it. I want to say, who would win a fight between uh, DK and Sally? I'm going to say DK. DK. Yeah. DK. Sorry, Sally. Um... We're back with Davis and Finney back at the uh, the house, and Davis is saying you should go to the morgue, be with your dad. But then uh, Finney's basically saying like, "No, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to stay here with my mum." Um, we've got an empty precinct, which again, kind of going back to last week when I was saying like it's a bit weird that they could have done this episode with a medical investigation. An empty precinct. This just reminds me what we're going to get right at the end of this season. Um, but uh, we've got this sort of like ominous empty precinct with a phone ringing. Then we've got hazmat teams coming in in their yellow uniforms, and we either click, 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 click. That's not how it goes, but you know what I mean for trying to find the radiation. Um, I love how they sort of Carlos and Grace are hanging around. They're actually outside, so I don't know how they're not allowed outside, but they're they're outside. Uh, and Carlos is all like, I'm going to sue, this isn't right, and Grace is all concerned about the patient, like, he's going to die, he's going to die. Um, Cruz is talking to Detective Rice, saying something's not right here, and then uh, Detective Rice is like, I'm sorry, I should have searched him better. Yeah, you should have, because you're terrible at your job. Uh, <laughs> what exactly did he have on him? Uh, he's, so he's got, like, a, a vest thing which had the cesium on it. So that's kind of... It's never really explained... I feel why they've got this on them. Like, it's kind of later alluded to that they were making a delivery, but we never sort of find out specifically what for and how. So, yeah, I don't understand it. Okay, so that's how he got the radiation burns then. Okay. To me, it's kind of odd because I think kind of the whole point around this episode is kind of they're implying... Like, I think you're meant to believe that Cruz has gotten sick because she's been exposed to the radiation, even though we found out, no, it's not. Like, it's an odd thing that they do. It's It kind of reminds me of season two of 24 when um, George gets oh. exposed to the, the bomb, um, which sort of sets down that The motion. plutonium, yes. Yeah. And I, I, I love I love that storyline with him. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's sad and it's emotional, that, but you really, it, you really gain a lot of insight into into the character after that happens. And when we get, and if we ever get around to covering 24, I can't wait to discuss that story arc. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it's one of the strongest, I think we find that, uh, the, it's not airborne, the, um, the radiation. So they've just got to leave it for about a little bit to get it all cleared out. And they can take, uh, the guy to the hospital now, um, we've got Jelly watching a DVD complaining about, um, the cops on the screen. And then he's basically like, got any chips? Uh, and he's like, no, he's like, you mean this entire firehouse? You don't have any chips. Who can watch a movie without snacks? Um, and then we've got Swirsky, 
uh, talking to Cruz, and in the background we can hear, call me Buckethead one more time. What about Bucket Boy? All the way, Swirsky's just like, stop it, Sully. Uh, Swirsky's the cool dad that we all sometimes want, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. But, I, but the, you know, the, that is just... That is just that is just hilarious. I love I love those. You know, I wish we could have seen more of that because it would have provided great comic relief. I mean, it does, but yeah, I wish we could have seen more of Sully and and DK and DK going at it. You know, exchanging insults back and forth and all that. I agree. Swirsky <laughs> sends Cruz to go to the hospital. Um, we get a random like I just I don't know why this scene is in this episode. Yokus is playing cards with Emily. We find out that Yokus thinks Maroon 5 is catchy. Emily says she should say it's tight. Uh, and then t- she's like, no, call it catchy. We turn out that they're, they're listening to the radio. And the news in New York City in 2005 works incredibly fast because somehow they've found out that Captain Finney is dead within the space of an hour of him dying. And secondly, uh, the, they also find out within an hour that the 55th Precinct has been evacuated. Maybe that's a bit realistic because I'm sure people around the neighbourhood would see that they're being evacuated. But how the actual fuck do they find out that this guy has been killed like, see if he's dead. Like, I've worked in the media. I know that if something like this happens, first of all, they would report that a cop has died under suspicion, whatever circumstances, and they're not going to be releasing that guy's name for a couple of days. So, um, I'm sorry. That's not how the Even media if it's works. a high-ranking official? Even if it's a high-ranking, and particularly, a, like, a suicide. Like, I know, obviously, they've kind of discovered him and it's not really a suicide, but... Well, I mean, in, in terms of being implied, but yeah, there's no way this is on the radio within an hour. So, like, I don't understand how that happens. But then, like, it just this is an odd scene. Like, why why is it here? Just purely to point out that Yokus isn't at work? Because we kind of get Emily saying, what does that mean, Mum? And Emily's like, uh, Yokus is like, oh, it means I'm glad I'm not at work. Like, it's... And is this trying to show that, like, two seasons ago, Faith would have been on the phone straight away and be like, oh, I've got to go down and see what's happening. And now she's grown and now she's just wanting to play cards with Emily. Like, it's just odd. I don't get it. Yeah, I do like... I do like that little that little moment where, you know, uh, Emily is telling Faith, you know, you know, we don't say it's catching anymore. We say it's tight. And then she... And I actually... I actually said this at the very beginning of the episode, you know, where Faith says that's tight and then Emily says stick with catchy. Yeah, I agree. You know, some lines, some words, they just sound better when coming from some people than with than when coming from others. And <laughs> I'm sorry, that that's tight. That line just does not work on Faith. Mm, mm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, we're in the ambulance. Uh, Carlos in the front with uh, Detective Rice is having a bit of a conversation with him. Um, Grace wanting to give uh, some medicine to this guy for the pain. Cruz stops him, stops him from doing it, and he dies, basically. Uh, so they know that, oh, it's long enough exposure to be, you know, that we could die. So obviously they're all starting to panic. Um, I love it when they kind of pull up to the hospital. <laughs> they get out of the ambulance, and Holly comes up, and Carlos is like, "Holly, get the hell away from me!" And she's just like, "Okay." And she runs away. <laughs> Poor Holly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and yeah, when that happened, I was like, "Carlos, you fucking idiot." <laughs> <laughs> then we've got Bosco in hospital, and we meet the attractive neurologist, which again, like. It's just okay. Sorry, I shouldn't have done that. But it's, it's odd. yeah, it's 2019. I can't do that. It's odd to me why they're trying to um, imply there's something here when nothing happens. Like it's kind of like what Bosco still can flirt even when he's in hospital. So 
I don't know. But like, I do like the moment when he's kind of like, oh, I was worried for that last test because I didn't study. Uh, and we find out that Bosco gets to leave tomorrow and then he's like, when can I go back to work? And she's kind of a bit sceptical and he's like, hey, what about some positivity here? Uh, and she's all like, oh, you progressed better than we thought. Um, and then kind of she's like, you should get some sleep. And then he's like, the hell with sleep. And then calls up Yokus and is like, hey, Faith, what are you doing tomorrow? Um, and then this kind of follows up. Still in the hospital, we get uh, the couple that I wish happened, Grace and Dr. Fields. Never happened, though, sadly. Uh, and she's saying to him that we need four radiation screens, and then Dr. Fields gets there quickly and is like, oh, I need trauma two and three, go for tests. Uh, I need to call some other agencies. Um, you know, he's on the ball. Dr. Fields knows what he's doing. Um, then we've got Sully and Swirsky having a conversation outside. Uh, Swirsky sort of, you know, is everything okay? And Sally's like, I'd rather wait outside. Um, we've got Davis uh, driving alongside of them, saying to Sally, C.T. Finney is dead, working on his car. Uh, and then basically he drives and parks. Hazmat comes, gives the all clear, uh, saying everything goes good. Cruz is getting tested for everything. How convenient, Darvell, that she has to get tested for everything. Um, and then we kind of get Detective Rice looking at her and like, oh, you're a looker. There are two types of people. One that looks at the needle going in and others that, uh, you know, don't. I, I'm not a looker. I've never looked at a needle going in my arm. I, I, like, I, I don't know if I, like, how I would feel. It's just, I, I don't know. Like, I would look and I might faint. I could look, I could be okay. I've just, I've just never been a looker. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of needles either. Mm. Um, I- Go ahead. I think you sound like you got something to say. Uh, oh yeah, I was I was gonna say I was gonna say when it comes to needles, yeah, I, I certainly I handle getting I handle getting stuck with them whenever it has to happen, which is very rare. But I handle it better than I once did, but still don't like them. I don't think. I mean, I, I would like to meet someone who says I like needles. Uh- <laughs> Ask a heroin addict. I'm sure they don't like the needle aspect of it. They just like the drugs. <laughs> Um, I don't think heroin addicts get addicted to heroin. He's like, fuck, I love putting needles in my arm. (laughs) Um, um, Anyway, um, this is where Detective Rice, uh, I said this last week, kind of, he said like, oh, I woke up on 9-11 and, you know, to me, the only form of crime fighting was stopping these guys from doing it. This is why I joined the task force. And um, we kind of get this notion of, oh, sometimes you have to get lucky in this industry. So, um, yeah, it's a bit, you know, setting this up for a bit of a, a thing that's going to be throughout this episode now about getting lucky, essentially, and kind of, you mm-hmm. know, Cruz is saying, like, we should go and talk to this guy. People Not in of, that way. Get your minds out of the gutter, listeners. People, <laughs> uh, you know, come out of coma. So it's like, we should go talk to him upstairs. Um, we get Carlos getting checked out by this nurse Emma lady and she's going off to him. No cell phones near her. That phone's for staff only. And then she's just kind of like, do you, you know, would you like it if your boyfriend was trying to call you? And she's like, I don't have a boyfriend. And then Grace is just like, you should let him do it. He's not going to shut up. And she's just like, Use a cell phone, Nieto. Um, so <laughs> she, he tries to call Holly. Holly's walking along the river by herself, sees Carlos ringing, and she just decides to throw the phone in the river and walks off. And that's the last time we're going to see Holly for, what, like five episodes? It's like it's a while, isn't it? No. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't, see her, we don't see her again until... Oh, it's about episode 16, actually, because she's in the medical investigation episode, isn't she? I, I think so. I don't remember. Mm. But... I don't remember her appearing again until the Welcome Home episode, but I'm sure she appears before that. And by the way, I love that Welcome Home episode. I cannot wait until we get to it. It's going to be a fun one. (laughs) Um, It is. (laughs) Cruz and Cruz and Detective Rice go upstairs to try and speak to this guy in the coma. There's nobody outside the front. We find out he's died. He's been moved to the morgue. They're running out of luck. 
Uh, Carlos leaving another message for Holly and Grace uh, saying, oh, look, it's okay, she'll understand. Um, we've got uh, Detective Rice's boss going off at him, uh, saying that if an attack occurs, it'll be at your door. I'm sorry, I agree with this guy. Like, I think he's absolutely right. <laughs> like, he's such a terrible cop that he doesn't even call his boss. Like, he's, he's too busy thinking with his dick around Cruz. And we just point out he's married as well. Uh, <laughs> so, you've got to agree with his bossy going off at him, don't you? Yeah. Like, yeah, I do. And even, like, Cruz, you know, you think Cruz is going to stand up for him here, but even Cruz doesn't stand up for him. So I think even Cruz knows that he's a terrible cop. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, poor old Detective Rice here. Should have stuck to the... the, the yeah. Shrimp. Um, so what do we got here? We've got, uh, the wake at Finney's house, I guess. Um, and that detective, uh, the chief McInerney or whatever is sort of like, you know, be very proud of your father. Uh, oh, he was very proud of you and all this sort of stuff. Um, and then, you know, he's sort of asking people, who is he? Davis shows up and then kind of Davis is, this is, I guess, kind of a few episodes ago, we complained about Maggie not being in it. I guess this is kind of them trying to explain it, you know, because yeah. Davis is like, oh, I sort of, I should have showed up because my mum would have asked questions and then Finney's kind of like, oh, she doesn't know and Davis is like, no. But like, okay, I get it. They sort of explain it but at the same time, I still think you should have had her in it at some point. So yeah, I definitely think it would have been fitting if Maggie had a, maybe not shown up as such but as, um, I guess just being involved in this storyline a little bit. Like they're, they're trying to go out of their way to explain why she's not there or why she doesn't know but, um, I don't know. I just feel as though like if freaking it's on the radio that Detective, uh, the Chief Finney's dead um, and that, you know, as we're going to get in this scene here, kind of, you know, Brennan says like, oh, I keep thinking that they know and then um, Dave's like, of course they all know. Like this is the same thing that happened at uh, my dad's funeral, you know. Uh, you know, they all pretend that they don't know but everyone knows it's just what they do. I kind of think that like, come on now, they've got to, they've got to, she's got to be involved somewhere in this. Yeah, probably so but if, if uh, if if Maggie had known, or let's say she had shown, I mean, logically speaking, would he ha- would she have shown up uh, to? Let's say she knew everything that Finney did. Let's say she found out everything that that CT had done. Logically speaking, would she have shown up at his house to offer her condolences to his son? No, I don't. I don't. I'm not. No, I don't think that's what I'm trying to say. That she needs to show up to the house here. I just think she needs to be involved in this storyline she needs to have some closure herself like i get why davis yeah. have to have some closure but like i think we're forgetting the fact like because because she was a part of this show for a season and a half you know she was prominent in the first season she had stuff in the second season she came back what in season three and season five so like mm-hmm. she's she's at least in you know a good 10 to 15 episodes of this show and i feel there are other people in this show who got more of a you know, involvement in things because of who they were and everything along those lines. I, d- I just think that based on... I th- it would have been nice to have just one scene with her where she gets a bit of closure herself. Yeah, like maybe like maybe Ty and... Maybe Ty... Maybe have Ty telling her, like, at at their... At, at their... At, at his dad's grave or something and maybe... Maybe even have... Maybe even have Brendan there. Maybe, yeah. I As mean, well. Looking here, so she was in 10 episodes, Lynette McKee, the same amount of episodes as both Manny Santiago and Captain Finney. So, um, 
Yeah, I just feel as though we could have had just a little bit more of something with her. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, and plus, I'm just any excuse to have Maggie back in it because we love Maggie Davis. Um, yes, we do. So we have that bit there. Um, Davis leaves. Uh, Cruz with Manny. Manny questioning her about the radiation and kind of she straight away just stop asking questions. Let's go find bad guys. Essentially, so kind of it's just how Cruz works and this whole Cruz Manny dynamic. It's always going to be he's caring for her, but she doesn't seem to care that he cares. Um, Bosco with his mum. He's about to get let out. Uh, his mum's saying about it's cold outside and I want to feel the air. And then, you know, we get this weird flirting again between him and the neurologist. And she's all like, oh, she's so pretty and there's no ring. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's just again, it's, yeah. it goes nowhere. So I don't really care too much about it. Jokas and Emily show up. We get, a, funny, we get the weirdness of Emily seeing the scar on Bosco's face and she's like, <gasps> and then Bosco gets all shy and locks himself in the bathroom and kind of again it's implying that oh no Bosco's shy about his scar but that kind of goes nowhere anyway um Grace shows up to Finney's house she read it in the paper again it's everywhere um and Finney's happy to see her showing up so that's nice um Davis and Sully have a little bit of a moment in the in the locker room and Davis loses it smashes a window and uh you know because Sully's basically saying you've got to see the irony in this uh and then yes rightfully so I think Davis rightly yeah, has a breakdown I was... here yeah, I, I was I was with I was with Davis I, I was with Davis there, you know, because I mean so, I mean I mean D- Davis kept saying, you know, Sully, that's enough, cut it out, and then and and then when and then when and then when he was like, I was like, you should really see the irony, and and then D- and then Davis smashes the window. I was like, seriously, Sully, shut the fuck up, man. You made your point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I agree. But I think it's, it's a great scene and I think it's, um, it's fitting that Davis, I guess, kind of finally breaks down over all of this. And I love the way when he smashes the mirror and then he's just like, can you tell the boss I'll be a few minutes late? <laughs> just, you know, and so I was just like, yep. And it's kind of leaves. Um, back with Finney and Grace, um, Finney's sort of saying like, oh, my mother liked you. Uh, and then he's kind of like, you know, I bet my father would have liked you. And truth knows, I didn't know. I, you know, I didn't really know him. And kind of Grace sort of sows some groundwork here about, hey, I don't really know my mother. You know, you've just got to give it time. Um, I haven't seen my mother in years. I do like that scene. And then Grace, them. and Grace turns around yeah. and says, I oh, know, sorry, Finney says to Grace, you're a lot smarter than me, Grace. And she's just like, don't you forget it. And they hug. Like, yeah, it's a nice scene. Um, and I agree with you. It's kind of, it is a nice moment. But I'm, again, I'm still more looking at this on the fact of, of Finney's character kind of, you know, learning that he didn't really know his dad and all this sort of stuff. And again, Grace is just kind of there for the fact that he needs to talk to someone. And again, Grace is just meh. Like, Grace is just meh. I can't say anything more about it. Like, what else is there to say here? And again, even just this, this coupling of these two up, like, uh, there's maybe a bit more between these two than I gave it credit for a few weeks ago when I said it kind of just disappears. But at the same time, like, it's just... I'm not invested in these two hooking up and ending up together because it's kind of like, well, you ultimately know they are. Like, I feel like even if you've not seen the show, you can totally tell these are two are going to get together. Yeah. So. Yep, and I, I do, I do like, you and I, I think, differ there because I actually do, I do like them, to, I do like them together. It's not that I don't like them together. <laughs> it's just, it's just... It's just way too forced. Like, let's bring two new attractive people into the show and automatically have them hook up. I just... And again, maybe it just all comes down to the fact that, yeah, at this point we know the show is going to end or, like, they've only got one season to try and develop. But, like, 
I think shows and dynamics work well when you kind of have a tension between two characters and you kind of add a like a triangle or just like again go back to season one Bobby Kim and Jimmy that worked so well because there's that unsurety about who Kim really wanted and kind of yeah it's been done to death the love triangle but if you're gonna have this like you've got to have challenges involved I don't feel there's ever a challenge between yeah. Finney and Grace because like okay there was a challenge she got assaulted and then it was all of a case of hey no let's cool things off for a little bit but within the space of like two weeks they're kind of back to being all chummy again so it's kind of it's I feel you needed to have these two spend a lot more time apart and they kind of do and like I, I feel I'm contradicting myself because I said like kind of disappears and by the end of it they're hooking up again but I don't know it's just an yeah. odd way of doing it it's kind of to me it's just very forced it's obvious that these two are going to be together anyway so I don't know why they have to do this that and everything else with their relationship and if you're going to do this that and that with their relationship don't make it so obvious that these two want to rip each other's clothes off every time they see each other I don't know <laughs> It just feels odd, but anyway, that's just me. Yeah. Um, and again, like, yay, we've left a few seeds here for Helen Mirren to appear in a couple of episodes. Uh, then we get this amazing scene where Bosco's leaving the hospital, and I think you and I are both in agreement. this is probably going to be a top five moment. Um, oh, absolutely. Bosco doesn't want to get in the wheelchair. Uh, it's a policy. They uh, they have to do it anyway. But they end up sneaking out uh, of the uh, the into the elevator away from the people. Um, and then essentially they walk outside. Bosco's like, Yogis, where did you park? Right out front and then we just see this amazing scene with great music there's five five david at the front there's a row of cops all saluting bosco as he leaves the hospital and yokes is kind of like you don't think i'm going to go all out for my partner and they just give him a hug and oh such a such a nice moment i love the way yoke says like oh if you're lucky i'll let you play with the lights and sirens so um <laughs> oh, such a and emily moment. emily rides with them right oh you don't really see it like they don't get in the car you just kind of see them walking down towards the car so i guess it's implied but um I've got to say, though, like, at the same time, like, Bosco didn't go all out for Yokus last season, but I guess it was slightly different. They kind of weren't really on talking terms back then. But, um, no. yeah, it's just such a nice little moment. Again, I like what they do with the character with Bosco because it's kind of like, yeah, we're, we're now t- 13 episodes into this season and we've barely had any of him. He's been, you know, in a hospital bed for how long and kind of only had a few lines here and there. So we're really missing Bosco this season and I feel like this is a great tribute to him because it also goes to show, you know, just how prominent he is in the show. And yeah, I'm arguing mm-hmm. that Jokus, I guess, is the overall star of this show, but you'd probably argue Bosco would be co-star or just under Jokus in terms of the... It's just... It's really from this point... Yeah. The only... The, the reason why I put Jokus ahead of Bosco in terms of just that stardom factor is I think Jokus has the most consistent run of storylines. Even when she's in hospital, she's getting quite significant storylines and she's only missing for, what, four yeah. episodes where Bosco's missing for a lot more and Bosco kind of really doesn't have much... Like, yeah, he's got the whole eye thing towards the end of the season, but it's kind of... Meh. Whereas, yeah, anyway... I've, I've made this. Yeah, argument. well, a lot of, I mean, a lot of that too was, I mean, what exactly can they do other than have shots of him in a coma? Yeah, true. But I mean, you know, Jokas was paralyzed and that was pointless, but I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it's a great scene. And I think you and I both agree it's a top yeah. five nomination, probably going to make it in the top five. Absolutely. Because um, it's actually fairly short too, this scene overall as well, compared to what I thought it was actually. Um, we're back at the precinct. Sally's talking about crew to crew saying like, Oh, did you find any family for that Steve guy? And crew's like, Oh, his name wasn't Steve. Like, why do you want to know? And, uh, kind of, so I was like, Oh, well, his car's here. And you know, all of a sudden crew's like, Oh, we got lucky. Cause you know, this car got towed from the explosion point. So it's Raymond's car. That's his name. Um, and then this mm-hmm. is where she calls up rice and basically is saying how, 
there was uh, not cesium in the car, that they were going to make a delivery, and essentially that's why they went to the hospital, um, and you, we're about to get lucky with all of this. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of it's odd how they try and explain it. Like, I don't fully understand what the plan was, but I guess we have some form of explanation here. So they're going to find an address uh, of the people who were going to deliver it to him or who he was going to deliver it to or something along those lines. So we're about to get to that. Um, <coughs> Carlos is still upset about Holly. Um, and this is, I like that line. He says, like, this is why I leave before they wake up in the morning. And Grace kind of just rolls her eyes and like, let's go to her place. I'll take you there. Um, we're outside this address that Cruz and Detective Rice have found. Um, they have a weird flirting moment where they're all like, oh, each of these terrorists have their specialities. And Cruz is like, what's your speciality? Um, and then <laughs> we see uh, Abdul Muhammad Fatwa. Can I just point out, that is the most stereotypical Arabic name I think they came up with. Um, yeah, like, it really is. I'm sure there are some Arabic people who are just called John Smith. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like I'm sure there are some non-Arabic people who are called Muhammad Abwa Fatwa. Like, you know, it's not uncommon for people of non, you know, certain races and, um, I guess, religions and things like that to have names that aren't related to that. So, yeah. Um, anyway, the writers came up with the most stereotypical Arabic name ever because Abdul Muhammad Fatwa runs out and then all of a sudden he runs back in the house and we get maybe what I think is the weirdest camera I've ever seen used in Third Watch. We essentially get the camera kind of almost interconnect with Cruz's vision because then we get this POV shot from Cruz's perspective running through this house. Um, it's almost like she's wearing a body camera or something. And it, I mean, it's tense. Like, it, I'm not saying I don't like it. It's just I've never seen this before in Third Watch. It's kind of interesting. And we kind of we run from one end of the house to the other, run outside. Then uh, our, our Abdul Muhammad Fatwa, I just need to say his name in full because, you know, why not? He has like an AK-47 yeah. type of thing and starts firing at cops coming around the corner. Then Rice starts shooting at him. He shoots at Rice. Then Cruz unloads about eight shots into him. Mallory was watching this scene with me and she even she goes, oh, that was a bit excessive, the amount of times Cruz shot shots him um then Cruz goes and sees detective rice he's been shot um and then calls the officer down um carlos meanwhile is at holly's house left a note uh sorry there's a note from holly saying that she's going home grace is like what does that mean and uh carlos is like i don't even know what that means they find out that a cop's been shot so they've got to rush off there Cruz checks on manny and um we kind of get this Really great closing moment of this episode. And it's kind of odd because I think there's two scenes here which are interconnected by a weird montage, but I feel you lump all of this together as a potential top five. And this is all around Cruz. Mm-hmm. This is all around Tear to Heart as acting. And again, I want Cruz haters out there to message me right now and say, you cannot feel sympathy for this woman. Mallory watched this bit with me at the end. She actually didn't say anything, but like usually she would say something like, oh, is it bad that I don't feel any sympathy for it? Like she didn't say anything at this point. So essentially, um, you know, we've got Manny talking to Cruz about things, you know, it's all all right. She's, Cruz is watching over Detective Rice. Manny's basically trying to imply, like, hey, you know, like, you two should get together. Um, But then we kind of get this great speech on Cruz when she's sort of saying, like, you know, he said on 9-11 that he woke up and wanted to help people. Like, you know, I I saw 9-11 and essentially I was thinking, why were people so surprised? You know, I deal with bad stuff all the time. And then she's like, did you know that on that day I did not receive a single message from someone checking up on me? And you're like, holy crap, wow, that's... 
that's deep. Like that, that's really sad. Um, yeah. And then kind of in between that, we've got um, Rice is married, and so the wife shows up, and she's all upset, and we find out that he's also got a son, and what am I meant to say to my son? And Cruz says, like, tell him that his father's a hero, uh, and that he's lucky. And he is. And he's going to pull through. She then walks off, and um, Dr. Fields kind of pulls her aside, and he's like, oh, you know, something's come up on your test. And Cruz straight away is like, yep, I know. And then Dr. Fields is like, well, hang on a minute, it's advanced. And she's like, yep, I know. And then she's like, I've got some confidentiality with this sort of stuff. You can't tell anyone, right? And then kind of uh, Dr. Fields is like, yeah, no, I'll keep it confidential. She walks off. Then we've got this weird slow motion montage of kind of the, the dead body um, mixed. Well, the that's the radiation guy mixed with uh, Brendan Davis. And then kind of it's it's just a weird sort of montage thing. But then it all ends with this, just, this scene, which just always kicks me in the guts. It's such a sad little scene. And again, maybe it's just because I love Cruz and I've always loved Cruz. But she's at the river. She's just kind of overlooking the river and she starts bawling her eyes out. She starts crying. She screws up the piece of paper and throws it in the water and then it pans out over the river and the bridge and the city. And just, again, nominating this for a top five. It's just such a gut punch uh, moment. And yeah. Because essentially I- it's never fully implied, but you've uh, cleared it up for me. The other L word, leukemia. And yeah, like Cruz is going to die uh, because she's got an advanced form of cancer, which is never said, but yeah, this is ouch like this scene wow yeah i wonder i was gonna say i wonder what the piece of paper was but it was but i'm guessing it was her test results i'm assuming it would be because that's what field's hands are okay yeah i don't know if you have anything else to add on that or um no okay well we're going to close this out by getting our review of it um i'm just going to say that i'm going to rent it like it's down on last week just purely because i think it's 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 so terroristy and kind of just I don't know again I don't know how I feel about it and I think what really elevates this as a high rent though is obviously the crew stuff at the end and we've got a great top five Bosco moment scene but um, yeah I don't think it's quite a buy for me I've put this uh, in terms of the grand scheme of things at number ninety one so it's a fairly high rent um, out of things but um, yeah uh, that's what I'm doing with the other L word. <laughs> Yeah, I am actually going to – it's a low one, but I, I'm going to give it a low buy. I am okay. going to buy this episode because, I mean, yeah, the terroristy stuff is is overdone, but um, as terrible as a cop as Detective Rice clearly is, I mean, <laughs> I do I do like that we learn that we learn more about him and why he and why he does what he does now, um, and I do. Um, I like I like the scene of you know Cruz watching over him in the hospital until until his wife gets there and what she says to her. Um, of course, yeah. There's the Bo- there's Bosco leaving the hospital. I love that and and again I'll say it again. I love the scene between Brendan and Grace where you know he really opens up to her about you know I re- I never I mean I. I grew up, my dad raised me and yet I never, and yet I never really knew him. And, you know, the Davis deal, Davis dealing with all this. Yeah. For me, it warrants a, it warrants, like I said, it's a relatively low one, but it does warrant a buy. Okay. I like it when we differ opinions, it works sometimes. So there you go. Um, but that's the other L word. Next week, we're back for the kitchen sink. And um, that little shit annoying kid from last week is back and Finney's involved. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, we will definitely get to that one. 
So like we're looking on, forward to that, peeps. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe all the relevant channels, and uh, we appreciate your company and time investing in listening to this episode, and we appreciate bringing it to you because that's what we do, and we're happy to do that. My name is Ben. Yes, indeed. My name is Ben, and home. Take me home. <laughs> Alrighty, my name is Darvell, and tell him he was a hero and he got and he was lucky. See you next week, peeps. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.